Well, hi there, I'm Julie. And I'm Erica. And this is the Unshaken Book Chat. And we are so glad that you're joining us for these little mini episodes. They're like 20 minutes long. Some of them are 30 minutes and a couple are a little longer. (laughs) But um, they're just about really good topics, um, specifically focused on a book. And they drop each Thursday through June, July of 2020. And if you didn't get a chance to catch them, you can go back and listen to any of them. Um, And you might even want to do that because I found this book to be really helpful. Me too. Um, How to Be Free from Bitterness by Jim Wilson. And it's been exceptionally good and challenging for me to go through. And I know Julie too. Yes. And we trust and pray that um, it's been good for you too. Mm -hmm. Be sure to subscribe to the Unshaken podcast on your favorite directory so that you can get notified when new episodes drop. This is season four, which is focusing on living out your faith in real life. And actually we're finishing up Um, the regularly scheduled Unshaken podcast season for this week. Mm -hmm. So you're getting the last one of this book in this series, last one of this um, talk. And then also we're finishing up that series. We'll be back with our regularly scheduled episode in September of 2021. And today we're going to finish up two chapters in How to Be Free from Bitterness. We're going to talk about chapter uh, nine, And then we're also going to talk about 10. And chapter 9 is great because last week we talked all about how we need to be honoring our parents. And so today, actually, this chapter goes right into how we are going to love our children. Mm -hmm. Erica, give us a summary of this chapter. Well, this chapter is called Saturation Love. And I have to admit, it's something I've never considered. Me either. Fully, yeah. I I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I mean, I think I've aimed at it over time, but I've never heard it articulated so well before. And I'm so happy to have come across this chapter. It's very helpful. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. So um, the first question is, why would a person feel starved for love? Mm. Um, And just kind of walking through, um, he he was giving a talk at one time and um, he says that in in the audience, he asked people to raise their hand if you know that your parents loved you. And he said 95% of the room raised their hands. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, And then he asked another question, raise your hand if you think your parents expressed their love to you adequately. Hmm. And about half of those hands went down. Mm. So about half the room had their hands kept up. Um, And finally, raise your hand if you could have used an even greater expression of love. (laughs) No one ever thought they received enough love from their parents. Mm. That's the bottom line of that. Um, We really are all hungry for love to be known and valued. And I would suggest that it's because we have um, what I think C.S. Lewis claimed as a God-shaped vacuum within us, which only he can fill. So we all are longing for the love of a father. Yeah, that's really really good way to think about it. Wow. Actually, I was thinking about saturation love and particularly because I have been substitute teaching this year and I was in a classroom and the teacher was out for a few days. So I was in the classroom a few days in a row, four or five days in a row. And, um, there was a little boy in the classroom who's really tough and he is relatively difficult. Okay. Very difficult. Mm. And it was interesting because I was only in this classroom for a little bit. Now I have to say this teacher is fabulous. She's a great teacher. She's very, very competent. She does a great job working with her students. Um, but you could tell that this little boy was not feeling loved anywhere. I mean, literally, I think he really struggled with love anywhere. Mm. Now a teacher in a classroom is not the one who's supposed to be giving all the love. It needs to come from the parents, but he was really difficult Mm. in this particular classroom. I watched 
that as I just gave him even a little bit of attention. Now, I'm not talking attention when he was disobedient because kids tend to get that. But I'm talking like, oh, nice job on your, you know, your paper and just a little bit of encouragement how he responded to me. It was interesting. And I thought about him as I was reading this chapter because I think this kid is missing love at home. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on in his home. I, I never get to know any of that, which is fine. But I prayed for him while I was in there that week and he responded well and actually was having difficulty getting his homework done and his schoolwork done in class. And when I was in there for three or four days, um, he got some of the stuff done. Now he's not perfect, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was an encouragement to me that he probably just needed a lot of love. Mm-hmm. And I know that teacher is doing a good job. I just think it's hard work. Mm-hmm. Teachers should get paid more, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> oh, so um, what are some of the symptoms that you can we can see of not getting enough love in a Yeah, time. I think we can see these all over. You want to go to the grocery store with me? Mm-hmm. I bet we're going to see them at the grocery store. Yeah. Crying, whining, disobedience, tantrums, pouting, competitions among brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. selfishness, jealousy. Okay, so I was shocked at the concept of the competitions between brothers and sisters. I really never thought about that being a lack of love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually... I think common practice in America, you know, it's kind of like um, a lot of competitive sort of, of is assumed. A lot of competition is just assumed that brothers and sisters or the children in your house are just not going to get along. Like that's just what's thought is going to happen. But recently, um, but actually, according to what Mr. Wilson wrote, we can change that to some degree. Recently, we had some kids over um, to our house and one of the kids commented to one of my boys, hey, you guys actually like to play together? (laughs) It kind of surprised me. Um, But actually, my boys, it surprised them the most. And they said, is this just not something people do? Like they were talking to me about it. Mm -hmm. Now, now, don't get me wrong. They fight. Okay. And they're not perfect. I'm not trying to highlight that. Um, and actually just a couple days ago, we had a little scuffle. I had to say, okay, we're going to sit down and talk about this, but Mm. it's interesting how the world is okay with brothers and sisters not getting along. Mm. I just thought that was interesting when actually that's a sign that there's a lack of love. Mm. So Erica, how can God's model be applied, um, when we parent our kids? Well, uh, Romans two is God's model, um, that he references that where it says, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Hmm. Um, and so God's model is to pour on kind, kindness, which leads us to repentance. He shows us grace and patience while we are still sinners yeah. before we even knew him. And so this is our model of saturation love. Hmm. Um, I also think of this verse in James 1.5, which says that we are able to ask God for wisdom. And that's the point of the verse in some ways, but it goes on to say, God who gives generously to all without reproach. And that little section, without reproach, um, is brings me up short frequently mm. because my love is often with reproach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by that, I mean I'm impatient, I'm bothered, I'm easily frustrated when I have an agenda that's self-focused. I have got to get my stuff done. Yes. Yes. But God models how to give generously and without reproach. And that is no contempt for our neediness, uh, no irritability that we've come to him again. Um, (laughs) He is lavish and generous with us. And am I like him? Do I even try to be like him in this way? It's very convicting. Those are good questions. We should write those down in our journal and review them, right? (laughs) 
Okay, so Erica, what steps can we take to right the wrongs that we have committed with our kids? Yeah. Because here's the thing. We all have. Yes. I think we have to realize that. We have to start out with that foundation that we, we're not perfect parents and we do not love perfectly. No. And we are going to, um, at times, hurt our kids. And just like we, in our last episode last week, talked about how uh, every parent messes up and every kid gets hurt. So mm -hmm. the same, we're on both ends here. Right, right. So what do you think? Well, he kind of walks us through steps again, which is super helpful. Um, but first, we, can conf we need to confess our sins in specific areas to God, asking him to help us make those wrongs right. And then confess if we need to our spouse, but to each child as needed. Yeah. Um, and then he says for the parent to write a letter to each child, expressing to them what you have confessed to God. Hmm. So you're not um, you're you're recognizing that you sinned against God, um, but then admitting to them that you recognize the sin and admitting specifics that you remember. He then says to ask children if there's anything that they recall that is still hurting them hmm. or if you are currently still hurting them in any way and wow get ready for the answers <laughs> to come right um and then you we need to have the humility to listen and not be defensive um accepting that their point of view is real yeah. um and to be sorry with a godly sorrow um but again with the purpose of restoration sure um yeah. One what of the, are your thoughts, Julie? Yeah. One of your, one of the things that I thought was interesting is to write a letter to them. Mm -hmm. I actually think that's really good because when you are in the conversation with somebody, I don't always remember everything I want to say. Yeah. And also I think it helps when the child receives it, they have time to think. Yes. And they have something to hold on to. Yeah. Um, but also he does say, if your child is still under your roof, then don't just let the letter speak. You need to talk, talk to, to them, them too. Yeah. Love them, hug them, show them this letter is real. Yes, it wasn't I agree. just dropped in the mail yeah. secretly and I was mystically. Just, <laughs> absolutely. Right, right. Like, I'm not going to really talk to you about right. it. I'm just going to give you a little letter right. that I yeah. found on the internet and I just changed the names, yes. right? <laughs> I think, though, some people need to process things slower or differently. And, um, like I could, I'm, I'm extremely fast when it comes to processing in my brain. I like whip through things and I can answer questions and blah, 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 you know, I can shoot it out. And, um, which is probably why I like being a part of a talking podcast. Okay. <laughs> Cause I like to use my mouth to talk, but it's interesting. I found out that not everybody processes like that. Some people have to really think about it and they have to process like what's going on. Mm. And, and sometimes there's a hurt in a child and they don't even know what to call it. They just know they've been hurt, you know, so mm -hmm. I think that's good. I also think um, as a parent, uh, this advice of writing a letter is great, but we have got to be humble and not defensive. I am a defensive girl. So I'm always like, but wait a minute. The reason that you got hurt is because of this, this, mm -hmm. and this. And so I think it's important that we um, realize that we are going to hurt each other and I'm going to hurt my kids. Mm -hmm. I think that's like really important. I also think honesty is really vital. I mean, I think that's important with any relationship with parents. Um, like I just said a minute ago, I'm just a huge conversationalist. I mean, I'm always talking. I talk to myself all the time. In fact, recently my husband said, who are you talking to? And I was in the shower by myself, you know, I literally talk out loud. I'm an audio. I'm like, I have to hear it to process it. Okay. Awesome. Some of you out there are just like me yeah. and you're laughing out loud right now because you do the same thing. So don't pick on me. But I, because I'm a talker, um, I have to work on more listening. And I will say that 
um, I have to take time to hang out with kids, my kids, just to talk and to listen because I feel like if we just go at our kids with this letter mm -hmm. and we are not in conversation with them any other time, it's going to come off like, oh, mom felt guilty and she's going to write this letter. Mm -hmm. We have to be talking to our kids about other stuff that doesn't have to do with this too. Like mm -hmm. the other day I took, I had to go get, oh, I had all these sleeping bags from this amazing camping trip I went on and it was, but it was rained the entire week. Anyway, my sleeping bags were kind of musty and yucky. So I took them to the laundromat and I thought, okay, I could go and read, which is what I really wanted to do. Or I could take somebody with me. So I took my daughter with me. We went, we spent the entire time talking about nothing of importance. Mm -hmm. We watched a video on how to organize your pantry. I mean, literally, this is what we do. We're weird. But um, it was good. And it builds for those other relationships. And I think that's something that is easy to miss and really important. And as a mom, I want to get my to-do list done. So I do not want to go to the laundromat with someone. I want to sit and make my meal list, you mm -hmm. know? But it was really important to do those things. And I think it's important to remember that we, we, we you know, we have to do a lot of this. It's not just a one-time letter work. Mm -hmm. It's work every day, all mm -hmm. the time. It's really good. Erica, what do you think is kind of how you'd reflect and respond to this particular chapter? Well, I read this chapter at a time I totally needed it. It was just, I was struggling with one of my children. and um, Isn't that just how God yeah, works? <laughs> it is how he works. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I'm often prompted to write letters to my kids, uh, but I don't always follow through. Uh, last year, though, I did try, and cool. it was my prayer request to... Um, actually follow through and so to show some act of love towards each of my 11 kids e each month so cool. um sometimes it was to make them cookies sometimes it was to like take them out to coffee um and that's that wasn't easy for me to commit to because it sounds like you should be able to do that but it's like that oh, was yeah. an uphill climb for me I, and some months i totally failed but it was my goal to keep going so that's an awesome um, thing it is so pale in comparison to the saturation love he's talking about, but it was an awesome way for me to look for ways to bless and pray for and encourage my kids and um, pursuing them and making sure they know that they matter to me. Um, yeah. I saw something, and I think moms of big families can probably um, may appreciate this, but it said, I love you all is different than I love each of you. Mm. And in big families, um, or maybe in busy lives that yep. aren't big families, kids can just become part of the landscape and you mm. can feel like you're part of the herd. Um, so being seen and known is a desire that I think God has put in all of us. Yes. So saturation love is a great and awesome tool to help us be able to do more of that with our kids. Yeah, that is really good advice. Um, yeah, I think it's really a good thing you said about that it's easy to get lost in the shuffle or become the landscape. Like you just are there. Mm -hmm. And it's really good to remember that, like to be reminded of that. Mm -hmm. What a great idea for us right now to come up with some ways that we want to love on our kids this month. That is an absolutely excellent example. I'm doing that. Okay. If my yeah. girls are, my kids are listening, don't listen. Okay. To this part, <laughs> but I'm serious. I think that is a really good thing to do is to think, how can I this month love on each one of my kids? Mm -hmm. And maybe you have 
11 kids like Erica does, that might be challenging, but it's going to be challenging if you have two kids, right? It, it's coming up with how you're going to love them best. And this is really important that we think, how am I going to love my child? Not how can I just, you know, can I just buy them all peeps from the grocery store and set them on their desks in their rooms? Mm-hmm. Well, that might be what one of them likes, right? We have to process through how can we show them love um, each and every one of them. Uh, I think that's important. It's great, great mm-hmm. words. Okay, Erica, are you ready for chapter 10? I'm ready. We are almost done with this book. I can't believe how fast this has gone this summer. And I hope that you have enjoyed it a lot. I know I have really been benefited by this book. I actually think, I think we talked at the beginning, I think this needs to be a yearly thing I do, Mm. is go back to the book and read through it. And if you don't have time to read through it, you could just listen to the podcast again because it's Mm. out there. Um, It's really good. Okay, so this one is called How Does a Woman become secure. So we're going to talk about security. Hmm. So I'm going to tell you my story. Are you ready for a story? Ready. So when I was in um, sixth grade, I had this notebook and in my notebook, I had a list of all the clothes that I wanted. (laughs) I'm not teasing you. I had, I had this Land's End catalog. I don't know why I thought Land's End was really cool when I was in sixth grade. Maybe it was. I don't remember anybody wearing Land's End, but (laughs) I think it's just because it was the only catalog that came to our house, right? Okay, and just just a side note, this is pre-internet. Okay, I'm really dating myself, but there was no internet. There was no phones. Can you imagine? There was no Pinterest. I know it's hard to believe, but... I had a notebook and I would write in it all the colors of sweaters I wanted and all the turtlenecks. I really wore turtlenecks then. (laughs) You know, all the different things that I wanted. I I guess in my mind, I thought this was just going to make me cool. And it it brought me, I guess, a false sense of security. Like Mm -hmm. if I just had all these clothes, I would feel better. I'd be, I'd be feel better about myself. I would go to school and I'd be cooler. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, Actually, the reality in my life was we mostly shopped at garage sales. (laughs) And I don't know why my sixth grade self thought that I was going to be satisfied with clothing and that that was going to make me feel secure. I was just really seeking to fill my heart, like with clothes. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. But this whole chapter is about that. Mm -hmm. It's about security. It's about false security, insecurity. And really, it's sort of seeped, honestly, in selfishness. Um, So we're going to talk more about that. So um, let's jump into some of those questions that are at the end of the chapter. So Erica, why don't you kick us off? What does the Bible say about feeling safe and secure? Oh, he has lots of verses in this section. Um, And there's lots in the Bible. So we're only touching on like three of them or something. Of course. Um, Deuteronomy 33, 12. Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he shields him all day long. And the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. Mm. Uh, Psalm 4, 8 says, in peace, I will lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord. Make me dwell in safety. Okay. That one, Mm. I'm just going to pop in and say that one has been very powerful to me Mm. um, in the middle of the night. Mm, There is something about knowing that verse and being like, okay, I might have all these worries going on, but this is where I can find security. Just Mm. That's very helpful. Love, love that verse. <laughs> I like that. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Hmm. And finally, 1 John five eighteen says, We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe, and the hmm. evil one cannot harm them. Oh, amen. Amen. Okay, Erica. You know, those are really good ones. We talked about safety, right? Mm -hmm. And feeling safe. But what about satisfied? Because Mm -hmm. I think that's a part of this. What does the Bible say about 
being satisfied. Okay, some verses that speak to that. Proverbs 30, 15 through 16. The leech has two daughters. Give, give, they cry. There are three things that are never satisfied. Four that never say enough. Mm. The grave, the barren womb, land, which is never satisfied with water, and fire, which never says enough. So interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, Whoever loves money never has enough. Hmm. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This, too, is meaningless. Yeah. Wow. Really, really key word, meaningless in there. Yes. Psalm 63.5 says, I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Hmm. Psalm 103.5, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Hmm. We memorized that this year. Yes, that's a good one. That was a very helpful verse. Isaiah 53.11 says, lastly, after he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Okay, so since we kind of talked about what the Bible says about safety and security, right? Mm -hmm. And being satisfied. Uh, How do we rid ourselves of the selfishness that comes when um, we are trying to be secure on our own? Uh, I think for me, it goes back to saturation love, but maybe at a different level. Um, It's not necessarily that we need to get it from our earthly mother or father, even our husband or our children, our identity and our decorated home or our gifts Mm. or our abilities. Um, But we need saturation love from our Heavenly Father. And Mm. He's always offering it. He's always there offering it. We're hungry for it, but we often look in the wrong places. So every place that we look and we find it initially, it'll only dry up. Right. Sometimes it feels good at first. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is this a, is this it. is a new thrill. I'm yep. I'm really finding some joy in this, um, but uh, time will tell that that too will end. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, so it's not sustaining, and only Christ sin- sustains. Um, I have an example of introspection and self-assessment, but uh, in marriage, like we're often told about love languages mm. and. Um, the trouble with this can become that we might want love in a way that our spouse doesn't love. (laughs) So you could, um, I'm a person of words. I love words. I love like expression and all kinds of things like that. Well, I'm married to an accountant who is very brief and dry witted and a little sarcastic. And so he's not really writing me love letters like I would want. Right. But um, he is asking me out to dinner every Friday night. And so he wants to spend time with me. So um, I'm just saying, yes. And for an accountant who knows the financial end of it, I mean, seriously, that's actually love. It is love. And the truth is, no one will love us perfectly the way we want. We might be hungry in certain situations, even when things are good. Yeah. Um, and my husband does know how to love me. And, yes. you know, anytime he says it means so much more because yes. I know that's, you know, from his heart. But, but it's very easy to think that you're not loved right. if the person doesn't do it the way you think they right. should love you. Exactly. And I think we have to be careful. Again, that's an introspection thing where, you know, this is the way I am and this is the way I need to be cared for. But 
um, the truth is no one and nothing can love us perfectly except mm-hmm. God. We have a voracious appetite to be known. Um, but God can love us in the capacity we need and beyond. And he is yep. this fountain that never runs dry. So go to him um, yep. and he'll fill us up. He's able to take our eyes off of us and to look to him and be filled and then to be able to look to the needs of others. And mm-hmm. that is where real fulfillment lies as a woman. Amen. Amen. I love the little illustration. Um, I love little illustrations in general, but I love the one that he put in there about selfishness. I thought mm-hmm. it was really great. Yes. He wrote, selfishness becomes a tight little fist in one's soul. That's <laughs> yes, a great picture. <laughs> uh, the selfish tight little fist destroys the person. Uh, that's really a good, a good picture. Um, you know, Mr. Wilson said the first thing you do to rid yourself of selfishness, we've heard this before, Erica, are you ready? Mm -hmm. It's to repent of it, (laughs) confess it, Mm -hmm. forsake it and renounce it. Right. And I I laugh a little bit, but that's just super real. And we forget about those things. They're available to us right now. Mm -hmm. Like it's very easy to forget that those are the process to be forgiven of sin. It's just to repent of it, confess forsake it, get rid of it, right? And renounce it. I'm not going to do it again. Um, that will allow you to have joy and peace and freedom in Christ. It will allow you to be secure with your father, your mother, your family, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, actually, I think this helps us to get our eyes off of ourselves mm-hmm. and we end up turning and looking outward at others. And that is really, really helpful um, in the process because it helps us to stop thinking about ourselves. I think a lot of security issues that women have is because we're thinking about ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're focused on us. Um, I have to say, I think it takes a lot of practice though. Here I am. I'm not a sixth grade. It's not my sixth grade self anymore. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm 47 years old and sometimes I honestly can walk away from like a group setting like church. And I think, well, no one talked to me. Mm-hmm. Nobody came over and said, how are you today, Julie? You know, and I can start to get crunchy about it. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I go to church and think, who around me needs encouragement? Yeah. Those are two very vastly different ways to live, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I could do the very same thing. <laughs> it's very easy yeah. to do. Hey, okay, so Erica, what steps need to be taken to feel secure? Well, just a concluding passage of scripture is a fitting here. It says, James 3, 13 and 18 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Hmm. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes down from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Hmm. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Hmm. That is a really, really good passage to end with today thinking about security and thinking about where we find it. I love that list. Uh, I think like peace loving, mm-hmm. considerate, submissive, full of mercy, impartial. Those are all really good. That's where wisdom comes mm-hmm. is through Christ and peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Like Amen. when we are insecure, we're not really at peace, right? right. We're kind of fighting things. So 
kind of to end with Erica, what would be like one piece of, well, maybe I should start by saying, do you feel like you're hundred percent secure? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. So what is something you do to fight the sin of insecurity? I know I threw this question no, at you. No, that's a good question. I, I really did throw this question at her. She did not know <laughs> it was going to be here ahead. I think every time I think of eternity and I try to live as, you know, there's a song I learned in elementary school or my church that this world is not my home. I'm mm. just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I won't feel at home in this world anymore. Mm. I just think there's longing in this life. Mm -hmm. There is a loss. Even getting older, you're just constantly departing. Um, and mm -hmm. so I want to store up my life in heaven and to think eternally helps me deal with the losses of this life that there's nothing I've lost in this life that won't be gained right. tenfold in heaven mm -hmm. uh, and so much sweeter. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's like the, the quote from Jonathan Edwards about stamping eternity yeah. on your eyeballs. Yes. I love that quote. And um, I'm not sure if he said eyeballs. <laughs> I can't remember if it was just eyes or eyeballs. But honestly, eyeballs. that is such a really good thing. Mm -hmm. I, I think um, for me, one of the best ways to fight the sin of insecurity is to actually fight the sin of comparison mm. because that's really where my security issues fall. I start to look around myself. So it's really the same thing. I yeah. start looking at the people around me and comparing myself to their lives or their houses or their situations. And I start to think, Oh, I can't be who I need to be because I don't have what they have. Right. And so I think when I stop comparing and begin to be thankful, mm -hmm. right? Might be the other antidote to that. Lord, thank you for this house. Thank you for this job. Thank you for my kids. Yes. Thank you for, you know, whatever. Um, the other day I slammed my finger in the camper door and it's all, it's horribly looking, isn't it, Erica? <laughs> I thought she had black nail polish. I, know. I was going, you know, um, crazy here. Um, but I remember then a couple days later, I was like, you know what? I'm going to thank God for my fingers. <laughs> that sounds really dumb. Yeah. But I think if we have to be more thankful. Yeah. And, and if you're insecure and you're struggling through insecurity, I think that is the number one best thing to do is to stop comparing yourself with others. The, and really that means putting our eyes on eternity, which is really the same thing as what you said. And that's really good. Very good. Well, we hope that you have really enjoyed listening. Thank you for being here each week. And thank you, Julie, so much for hosting this. I think it's been oh, really fun. Well, we had fun together. We this did. was fun. I looked forward to it. Yeah. And um, we are not going to actually be discussing chapters 11 through 13, but here's a little quick summary in case you should read them. Chapter 11 is aimed towards men. So uh, this is a podcast for women. So we're not going to talk <laughs> about that one. But if you are raising boys, mm -hmm. you might want to read this. Um, I think it's really good yeah. to, to read through. And Jim Wilson, the author, shares a few letters in uh, chapter 12 focused on people who have written him and responded. And they're really good because they're very more specific personal questions. Um, I think you might enjoy reading that. And the very last chapter, chapter 13, at the very end of the, of the book is actually one that I think every person should read. It's actually all of exactly how to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. So if you are listening today, it is really good. It's only going to take you four or five minutes to read through. Um, and it really walks someone through the steps of understanding whether you are a Christian, how to be a Christian, how to know that. Um, it's really good. It's just really the gospel laid out for you. Um, mm -hmm. The gospel of who Jesus was, what he did for us, 
and how we can live um, eternally um, in heaven with him someday. It has been really fabulous to have you all join us each week for these book chats. It was really fun. And uh, don't forget to join us in the fall. Actually, I have kind of a surprise. Erica doesn't even know about this, but... Mm. In the fall, um, September, we are going to kick off our regular scheduled season, but we're also going to do a special bonus season, an entire extra season, September, October, November, and December. So you'll get two episodes every single week. One episode is going to focus on our regular season, and we are going to talk all about how we can live in our current reality Mm. because we all have different realities. Some of you listening are working women full-time. Some of you are grandmas. Some of you have never been married. Some of you are young college students. And we are going to break those down and think about how we can live for God in each and every one of those stages. Um, And Our bonus episode, though, our bonus season, I'm sorry, is going to be all aimed towards moms. We are going to pull all of our talks from our women's ministry called Mom to Mom, Mm. and we are going to throw them on for you to listen to. They're fabulous. They're they're like the nitty gritty of being a mom. Mm. I mean, really, the down and dirty stuff on how you do it. Um, They're really practical. Mm. And you're going to want to join us if you're a mom. And actually, if you're not a mom, you can listen to those too because... If you're a grandma, you might forget what it's like to be a mom, <laughs> you know, of little kids or, or elementary age or teenagers. And if you are a woman who has children in your life anywhere, which most of us do, you might want to listen to those too because they're going to be a great encouragement. We need to encourage all the moms around us because being a mom is hard work and we need to be encouraged. So we're going to give that to you moms out there, a special entire bonus season. So, awesome. all right. Well, um, Again, it was great to have you. Thanks, Erica, so much for being on. I mean, you had so much good wisdom, and I know that you put in a ton of time, so thank you. It was my pleasure, and you know, this book has the wisdom, and of course, God's Word is where we get our wisdom, so praise the Lord. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great day. Bye. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.